the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Is 5.06 on the Central Coast. Now, this Tuesday, January 16th, 2024, I'm Dave Congleton. Thanks for being with us. Tomorrow, we have more free tickets to give away to the Happy Together Tour at Vina Robles. And Scott and Andy are giving away ZZ Top tickets all week long. I'm just saying. Mark Burns joins us in about an hour to talk about the commercial real estate situation in the downtown. It is a Dave Congleton show. Always your hometown radio talk show this hour. This is an interview that we have been uh, looking forward to for a long time. Uh, we have been um, open to the idea of wanting to have Courtney Johnson in because she's very important. Why? Because Courtney Johnson, for the last three and a half years, has been director of airports, San Luis Airport, Oceano Airport. That's important. She's here now. Courtney, how are you? Doing great. Thank you, Dave, for having me. Nice has, to see you. It has been uh, quite some time, but we have a little bit more experience under our belt now. So looking forward to the conversation and however I can help the community. We, we appreciate that. Let's talk a bit, a bit about you. What's your background like? Talk a little bit about yourself. So started in Bakersfield, California. Um, actually had no aspirations to be in the aviation industry. Kind of fell on my lap, and now I wouldn't do anything else for the rest of time. So... Um, graduated college, started out at a temp agency, believe it or not, and an accounting position rolled across the desk that I had to write and post. And I uh, went up to my manager and asked if I could apply for it. And she said, of course. And she promoted me and uh, really helped me set up that interview and helped me with some interview techniques right out of college. And I landed the job. And so I started as an accounting position. Um, and, you know, really the benefit of smaller airports and starting in Bakersfield at such a small airport is you really get to be jack of all trades. And so when you start at such a small airport versus a large airport, you get the opportunity to kind of see everything. Are we smaller than Bakersfield? Absolutely. So we were Mentor Shafterfield Airport, and we're just a little general aviation airport that's mostly <laughs> known for, um, you know, warbirds getting worked on out there so that they can be part of the Reno Air Show. So <laughs> very small, but I got the opportunity to look at capital projects, do some property management, some admin and accounting, got promoted there to... Um, Deputy Director of Accounting and Admin, where I met Kevin Buman. So we were both. Who was your predecessor? Who was my predecessor? Yeah. So amazing human. Um, got to know him pretty well. We served on an association board. We were both Southern California Airport directors, and uh, much like you, he invited me over multiple times, and I was unable to make it. We got you. <laughs> we got You're you. here. I'm here, and hmm. so. What's the cool part of your job? Why um, is it such a cool job to have? Every day is completely different. So I think that's what I love most. I think creating an experience for our customers can be experienced in so many different facets. And the ability to influence someone's you know, vacation or hard time or travel experience or business experience is just incredibly rewarding. So what is exactly you do as the director of airports? Oh, boy. So I, I would say, first and foremost, I lead an amazing team. So that's that's number one. My job is making sure that the team that I'm serving and here to serve um, is able to have all the tools necessary to do their job. 
Secondarily, I would say, you know, serve the community. And, you know, that's a very important piece. And I think that if I serve my team members well, they're able to serve the community in the way that we both expect and our supervisors expect. Um, and, and third, I would say from the technical aspect is kind of like the things I were touching on earlier is I get to oversee operations and maintenance of the airport. I get to oversee the accounting and admin and property management. Um, I think what's really exciting is, you know, I always call myself a glorified landlord where I think it's commonly misunderstood that we run all of the things going on at the airport rather than we are a facility um, in which I get to, you know, make decisions on how that facility runs, but ultimately our community partners, such as the airlines, rental cars, and such are the ones who run the customer experience within the terminal. Courtney Johnson on this broadcast, your phone calls and text messages to come. So in terms of the job and everything that's been going for the last three and a half years. Have you made major changes since you took over? Absolutely. Um, I would say prior to me coming on, the focus was really getting air service back from the 2008 and 2009 downturn. And I think that was like the number one focus is what does that look like and how do we get more people in here? I think, you know, our partnership with Visit SoCal is incredibly important. Chuck at SoCal, I know he's come on here previously with my predecessor and actually asked if he wanted to come on today, but he was busy. Um, he's always busy. He's he, never here. He's the busiest man. He's never. <laughs> but um, our our partnership is, is really important. But I think what I changed when I came on board was, you know, probably not the very exciting stuff. But it would be the airport in itself and the infrastructure. And so making sure that we have the infrastructure to support the great initiatives that he's undertaking when it comes to tourism. What, what would that include, the infrastructure? So mainly the terminal, our apron. We had a lot of pavement that was degraded. Um, there was a long period of time in which the airport, you know, struggled to be financially self-sustaining. And now we are. And, and with those funds comes a great responsibility of making sure that your infrastructure is up and running in a way that's safe and the customer experience expects. And I would say that that was probably our number one focus. And our secondarily, our focus was the customer experience. So we have all these people right now, Kevin Buman and you know Chuck did a great job that you know they, they pushed this air service marketing. We have these great new routes. We're going you know where we need to be going, but what does the customer experience look like? And so our team has really you know taken a beat, taken a step back and, and made sure to go in a post-pandemic world, what does this look like? Who are our customers and what are their expectations and how do we meet them? So what does the airport look like post-pandemic? What is that world like, Courtney? Insane. So we've, <laughs> we, we've already grown 20% since the pandemic, or 2019, which was our highest number since pandemic. And we did receive our statistics recently for 2023, and we ended the year with 660,745 passengers. Repeat that, please. 660,745. So it was an increase of about 20% compared to 2022. Wow, people are flying again. Yep, they're flying again. We have roughly 1,800 people per day and an average of 55,000 per month going through that terminal. All right. The the infrastructure, though, sparks some questions. Number one, there is talk of, at some point, uh, increasing the size of the planes and increasing the number of passengers in and out of the airport. Any truth to that? Um, absolutely. And I would, I would say, with specifically to the larger aircraft, um, they have already been introduced. We have two 319s operating right now um, daily to Denver and Dallas. And looking ahead on April 4th, we're going to have 319s, three 319s servicing SBP for Phoenix, Dallas, and Denver. 
And we're also looking at upgaging for the upgaging. Uh, upgaging, so moving to a 737 from sure. a regional jet. Sorry, yeah, that's right. airport lingo. Um, so for our Seattle flight as well. So we will likely have four mainline aircraft by the end of 2024, which is contributing significantly to the passenger count. So we really only have you know 13 to 15 flights per day. Whereas we used to have 17 flights per day pre-pandemic, but we have 20% more passengers. So it's just a little bit of a shift rather than our aircraft seating. 76 people, it's about 128 people. What about the actual terminal itself? Any talk about expanding the terminal? There is. So since the inauguration of the new terminal in 2017, um, our expectation was that it would accommodate passenger growth for the next 25 years. However, uh, reality far surpassed what our initial projections were, and we are up 62% since 2017. Wow. Um, yeah, we started at 400,000 passengers then and up to the 660,000 now. So um, in response to this remarkable growth, we are already in the process of exploring, expanding our hold room. Our baggage, the, the hold room. The hold room itself. So if you go out in the courtyard, which everyone loves that open air space, so we're going to, yeah. our intent is to keep that. Yes. But on each side, you have those block walls, and we're yes. looking at blowing those out and creating more hold room space um, on each side of that area. A waiting area. A waiting area. Okay. So I'll, trans I'll translate. Oh, sorry. Hold room, waiting area, all, all of the above. So and another thing to go along with that would be our concession. So we do a customer survey in which we read all the comments that come in every single month. And, and one of the biggest ones is to have a more selection for our concessionaire. And they do yes, an please, amazing, please. They yes, do an please. amazing job for they the do. space that they have. But please, more. But we are looking at trying to get a full-scale <laughs> kitchen in there so that you can have a hot meal and not just a refrigerated meal. So um, our partnership with them is great. We're looking at what we can do um, for the customers. But, yes, we are already looking at expanding, which is insane, seeing as how it's only six years old. Uh, the Stolberg line, first question coming in along the lines of infrastructure. What about a parking garage? Will you build a parking garage? The intent is not to build a parking garage right now. Um, we always know that parking is a huge issue um, at SBP. But that being said, we have purchased a property across the street. It's four and a half acres roughly on Farmhouse Lane. And what we're looking at right now is a collaboration with our rental car stakeholders. And we are conceptualizing a consolidated rental car lot, yes. which would free up two to three lots on the terminal side of the airport so that we would have more lots available for our customers. Um, we really understand the importance of convenient and accessible parking. So these are just some of the ongoing initiatives that we're doing. Now, fess up before I take the first break. How soon before you guys go over and clamp down everybody parking for free over on Farmhouse Lane? You're losing. You're we, losing tons of money. We've actually been in collaboration with the city. So I'm telling you, it's happening. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's a public street <laughs> that we don't have control over. But I will say um, our partners over there, because we did buy that property on Farmhouse Lane, aren't too pleased with everyone parking over there for yeah. free and have reached out. So we are working with the city to see what we can do to stop that. But um, it is an issue, and we do not recommend playing Frogger. I predict parking meters. Yes. Parking meters would be ran by the city of Slow, but that would be a good idea. All right. We're in conversation. She said that, not me. You can send the text to her. I'm, uh, Courtney Johnson is here. She's director of airports. We got a lot to cover. We'll be back. We're live. We're local. We're hometown radio.
This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Courtney Johnson's been director of airports in the county for the last three and a half years. A lot of things going on at the airport, so we appreciate her making the time to join us. On the Stolberg line, Courtney, are you planning on increasing airport shuttle service to and from the airport? So that's always an ongoing initiative. We haven't actually ventured into that yet. So we do have shuttles to and from some of the main um, hoteliers, but we haven't looked at expanding that service right now. We're really focused on what's on site and making sure that we do have those spots available, but it is something under consideration for sure. Let me see if I'm any good at this. I can currently fly from slow, obviously LA and San Francisco, Mm -hmm. Seattle, Seattle, Portland, yeah. Uh, we lost Portland, but it is going to be back March 14th. What happened? Uh, just seasonality and a pilot shortage. So those who don't know, the pilot shortage in the aviation industry refers to a significant gap between the demand for qualified pilots and the available supply. And because of that, what's really happening um, at our airport is we have these regional jets that have to fly at a higher frequency, two, three times a day to get the same output as a mainliner, which is kind of why we're shifting into this mainline main line is the 737s and the 319s, this larger aircraft that will seat up to like 128 people. And the reason being is we don't need two pilots with two flights, we need one pilot. And so because of that shift, um, it's really kind of changing the landscape of the aviation industry. And we couldn't support the Portland flight, even though it was like very successful, 85% load factors. Um, one of our most, you know, successful flights where they didn't have the pilots to fly it. So it will be back in March and intends to stay back. What, what what's the, the the level that's considered a success? Eighty five percent is that uh, good? Industry wide, I would say probably sixty to seventy five percent. But um, SBP specifically is top three for the Southwest region, and so we are at eighty five percent load factors consistently, and we are only behind. I think it's Fresno and Eureka. I believe they are. All right, um, continuing uh, San Diego. We do have San Diego, Phoenix, yes, Denver. Yes. Dallas. Oh, you're so good. You I could, got them all? You could work at the airport. We have yeah. Las Vegas. Las Vegas is our brand new one. I may have to. More on that in a second. Uh, <laughs> who's Lucia on Oceano? Hey, Lucia. Yes. Hi. 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 Um, you know, I was, uh, um, I've was i been a resident for a long time. Uh, I was at the Coastal Commission meeting uh, a few weeks ago when uh, the Coastal Commission asked you to uh, withdraw the permit application for renovations at the Oceano Airport. Uh, the st- I agree totally with the Coastal Commission. Oceano does not need an airport. I don't think a county needs another, another airport in our little town of Oceano. But let's go back to the Coastal Commission. Staff found out, reviewing your application, that you had 12 violations the airports have undertaken more than 12 projects in Oceano Airport without going through permits from the Coastal Commission. Now, you are in violation, and the Coastal Commission asked you that you take care of those violations before, before even you think about asking for another permit. So what's the question, and Lucia? On, Lucia, what's what the question? Do you think about, what do you say about that? Okay, well, thank you for calling in first off. Um, I would respond to that, Lucia, with saying that all of these violations were prior to me being airport director. 
and we became aware of them in the midst of our application. So we, we have some previous documents. They're not all going to be violations. I think many of them are going to be cleared up with the documents that we found in our archives. But that being said, um, there were some decisions made back in the 80s and 90s that, you know, I wasn't quite privy to. And I will say, since I've been airport director, I've been making sure to do this the right way and make sure that there is community involvement and that we do go to the Coastal Commission for the things that are expected of us. And so we will work to rem like remedy those situations. And we're going to do our best to, um, you know, instill trust in the community and make sure that we're on the right path. Lucia? Yes, so well, uh, and I want to make sure you understand that, that there are a few of us here in Oceano who would like to have uh, the airport from Oceano relocated to a more suitable place. We, I do not disagree with airports, but I think that those 60 acres of precious coastal land could be used on different ways and not be covered with cement. All right, let's talk about that. Any prospect of moving the Ocean Airport? Um, Though I'm not sure where it would move to. Yeah, th there's really no place to move it to. And, and I will say we do have the support of our Board of Supervisors um, to leave it where it is. And we also have the backing of the FAA who will not let us relocate that airport as it stands. So I, I do understand the community's perspective and what we're really trying to do. Um, while, while knowing there's you know some community members who don't prefer the airport be there, I think a study came out that said 25% were in opposition to the airport and 75% were in favor and or neutral. That being said, we are really trying to incorporate, you know, the airport is here, the airport's here to stay, and what can we do to be a better community partner with that information? All right, Lucia, thank you very much for calling in. We go to Alan in San Luis. Hi, Alan. Hey, Dave. Hey, Courtney. Hey. I like the idea of having all these different destinations, and I'm wondering now that you're using slightly larger jets, is, say, Hawaii possible? Well, let's broaden that. Are there? We're going to talk about Chicago after the news break. But other than Chicago, are there any others under consideration? So they're they're always under new consideration for new routes. Um, there are not any plans for new routes for this next year. But we are always actively engaged in discussions and attending air service conferences and meetings to explore the possibilities for future routes. Um, Chuck is always Chuck. Sorry, Chuck Davison at Visit Slow Cal and I are always committed to these air service conferences and making sure that we're staying engaged with the potential new routes that could be coming to our region. I would say that right now we really need to focus on the infrastructure at the airport and make sure that it can handle the capacity of a new route. And then the other thing, like I've already highlighted before, is with this um, pilot shortage, it's increasingly difficult to get new service started up at your airport. But once some of those factors are addressed, um, you know, the pilot shortage may never go away completely, but they are taking steps to make that better. And as for the infrastructure at the airport, once we understand when we're going to be expanding our terminal and be able to accommodate the throughput is probably when we'll get those larger aircraft to some. I got 30 seconds, Alan. No, this is so encouraging, and the 737 will have a lot of options for destinations. So Absolutely. I'm and right now, right now we're, we're looking at maybe changing our San Diego flight to, um, you know, line up a little bit better with those Hawaii flights. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. Well, I know um, they had a legionnaire in Santa Maria going to Hawaii for about a year, and that didn't work out because the legion is so rigid in its schedule. It is. So you really have to be adaptable. Um, and I think we've created really great relationships with our airline partners. And so if we do that, it would probably be through Alaska and or Alaska, please. Yeah, maybe maybe American. <laughs> and then there was some talk of a new air carrier. So we, we are always talking about it and we are excited to have it. But we'll find out. And we're excited to have Courtney Johnson in studio. She's the director of airports. She's a big deal. 
We got news, traffic, weather, more of your phone calls and text messages, more conversation straight ahead. This is Hometown Radio. All right, sir, thank you. We're in conversation with Courtney Johnson, director of the airports. Uh, We're welcoming your phone calls and your text messages, 805-543-8830. She has had this position for the last three and a half years. On the uh, Stolberg line, Courtney, there's a question about a possible route to Chicago. We've heard rumors about that for a while. Any updates? Uh, No updates today, but like I said earlier, we're always um, looking for future possibilities and future routes at the airport. I think before we get Chicago in, which we are still in the conversation of, and we've heard maybe two, three years, and we've been told maybe two, three years every year that we go talk. But I think what we really need to address first is the infrastructure at the airport and making sure that we can support that number of passengers going through the terminal in addition to what we already have. What do these carriers look for in an airport such as yours? Um, to be honest, they look for incentive programs, and they also make sure that you are, one, a high fare market and your load factors are high. So, a high fare market. A high fare market. So um, I'm learning the jargon. Yes, your fare per, <laughs> per segment each way. And so if you are, you know, very low load factors, say you have a 50% load factor and you have really low fares, it doesn't look very attractive to come into that market because they don't know if they can sustain the service. Whereas us, we have a, a fairly high, lar- <laughs> a larger fare than most people would probably appreciate, but we have a higher fare and we, like I said earlier, are number three within the Southwest region when it comes to load factors. So we have a very attractive market. Um, you know, our tourism district does an amazing job at uh, marketing our area and so with those things and then our board of supervisors have been incredibly gracious to provide an mrg to some of these new routes that are mrg starting. it's a minimum revenue guarantee okay. and the airport themselves cannot support it because it's basically a subsidy and we have very strict rules on how we use our airport revenue and that being said the board of supervisors has voted in what it was two million at one point in time to support these new routes which are really helping um these routes get up and running. So that would have been Seattle, Portland, um, Las Vegas now, and San Diego. Here's Charles and Oceano on KVEC. Hi, Charles. Hi, Dave. Hi, Charles. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're on the air. Okay, all right, great. Um, Yeah, I'm interested in knowing a bit about the economic impacts of the airport. Um, What kind of revenues come into the county from the airport, I know that people that have tried to get that detailed information have often been had difficulty. And then I'd also like to know what specific positive economic impacts does the airport have on the community of Oceano? And I know I've heard a lot of kind of glitzy statements about pilots spend a lot of money, but it's, has there been an economic impact analysis of that? And what's the data for it? Hey, Charles. Thanks for calling in. Um, So specifically for Oceano, we have not done an economic impact statement. Um, I know that Visit SoCal did do some sort of study that gave a nod to the tourism aspect of that. But when it comes specifically to um, the airport and its endeavors, we will be undertaking a master plan. And some of these things will be addressed in that endeavor. Um, And and it is our goal to understand that and quantify that, right? Because we don't want to have just sparkly statements, if you will. We want to be able to have data to back up what we're saying. 
Um, that being said, specifically to SBP, we did a study back in 2017 prior to the pandemic, and we are in the midst of updating our economic impact study right now. We've actually um, hired a consultant, and we're underway with that one. And so if you would like our 2017, we'd be more than happy to provide it. And when the new one is done, we will make sure to give that to the Board of Supervisors and do a presentation on it. Charles? Um, the Coastal Commission was very clear that they were had profound reservations about the recent coastal development permit that the county applied for because of the unique um, uh, environmental, social, and economic justice issues in Oceano. And I wondered, what is the airport uh, board's policy on environmental justice, and how do they reckon what they want to do to continually use the airport and not have that land available for other uses in the Oceano community. And let me expand on that, please. Are there any plans to expand the Oceano Airport? There are no plans to expand the Oceano Airport. Um, we are looking at a community engagement plan that we've developed um, in partnership with the Coastal Commission staff. Um, obviously, we were all a little bit surprised from a staff level, and we were all in concurrence. And then we went, and obviously, the board themselves had a different opinion. But what we're really trying to do um, when it comes to economic justice um, in Oceano and with respect to this little airport that could is we're trying to understand and um, develop a community plan that really addresses some of these studies that have been put out previously. So we have seen previously that you guys want community events, you want farmers markets, you want accessibility, we want to create STEM programs, we want to include our um, Oceano elementary partners. And so we're kind of looking at it in a way of taking some of these studies, trying to incorporate what the community needs and wants with the airport still being substantially there to serve the community's needs as an airport. Um, the Board of Supervisors is the one who run the airport. We don't have an airport board per se. It is the County Board of Supervisors, and we are all in partnership with them as well on what this community event plan looks like. All right, Charles, thanks for calling in. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We're talking about what's happening at the airport, not at the airport, with Courtney Johnson as the director of airports. Who knew Oceano was so controversial? What I did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> On the Stolberg line, well, you're not going to like this one. My friend missed four out of 28 connecting flights due to San Luis Obispo Airport flight delays. This was so upsetting, she sold her home in Templeton and moved to be closer to LAX. Yikes. Oh, boy. So, you know, first off, our apologies on behalf of the airport. We never want to have a terrible customer experience, and it sounds like that is exactly what happened. Um, we welcome the opportunity for feedback at any time, and any time you, know, you have an experience such as that, please feel free to reach out to me at my county email address, um, and you know, let's, let's talk about it and, and let us know where we can improve our services. Uh, I don't understand this next text of Elmer. Hey, Elmer, will you be getting long-term parking at the airport? When I took a short trip, paying full price was a big financial burden. I thought that was long-term parking. Um, so all the parking is the same cost. So at many airports, you will have a short-term lot and a long-term lot. And at SBP specifically, all of our lots are the same cost. There isn't a, a difference between our lots. Um, I would say that we understand that parking costs are a concern, and we really appreciate the opportunity to shed some light on the rationale behind them. 
The parking fees contribute directly to the crucial aspects of the airport operations and especially the maintenance of our pavement on land side. So just for clarification, like over the last two years alone, we've invested a million dollars in the land side pavement maintenance, ensuring that our parking lots meet the high standards that our customers expect. And looking ahead, we have costs ranging from one to two million in the next two years to keep sustaining the quality and safety of those facilities. Uh, we've kind of addressed this next text on the Stolberg line. My family and I are hoping for a direct flight to Chicago. Everyone loves that Chicago. Also wondering if a direct flight to either JFK uh, or Newark might be getting looked at. I'm sure it's getting looked at. Um, I, I would say it's probably <laughs> been looked at. It isn't one that we're actively seeking, but Chicago is definitely on our radar and one that we are always looking into. I would assume, Courtney, that you're uh, fighting other airports for uh, whether it's Fresno or, or Santa Barbara or Monterey, the airlines just aren't looking at you in isolation. They don't look at you in isolation, but like I said earlier, they do look at what your region provides. And I think that we do have an advantage as a region um, compared to some of those other demographics. And I will say, you know, SoCal do, like, does a really amazing job of making our community look amazing and they market it so well that people want to travel here and it really benefits our abilities to get those new routes. Uh, the Stolberg line listener writes, general aviation seems to be of little interest to the airport. Uh, airlines and charters rule the day with limited transient parking. There's a feeling amongst the small guys that we no longer matter to the airport. You absolutely matter to the airport. Uh, coming from a general aviation airport, I understand, you know, how you're feeling. I think when we did our master plan at um, SBP, we really tried to incorporate the general aviation community and what that looks like. Um, we're, al we're always looking for ways to improve. Um, we are in discussion of setting up a quarterly meeting with the general aviation um, stakeholders at our airport. So just be prepared for that. That's probably coming down the pipeline where we can talk about these things and make sure you are heard and that you are getting the things you need at the airport as well. All right. Aileen is in Oceano. Hey, Aileen. Hi. Um, hi, Dave. How are you? We're good. How Happy are you? New year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> I just want to get back to the Oceano um, Airport and uh, just make a statement, short statement, that um, this basically is an environmental justice issue with the airport that some of us here in Oceano see. And um, the fact is that, you know, it is just basically, it, it basically gives little financial uh, and social economic benefit to Oceano. Uh, it's basically, you know, for private pilots. 20-something of them, uh, majority of them that don't even live here in Oceano. So uh, the fact that they're taking up 60% of prime coastal land in Oceano and offering little benefit to a disadvantaged community that is land poor, we only have 3% of our land that is privately owned. So, uh, Elaine, what, what would you like Courtney to do? Uh, well... I would just, it sounds like they, she can't do much, but yeah, I mean, it, she's part, she could do conversation piece, right? Yeah, I mean. The I, I, supervisors and people know that uh, even though, you know, we've had it, and I have nothing against it. I'm a lifelong resident, and it's pretty cool to have a little funky airport that, you know, uh, private uh, pilots could um, come into. The fact is that we're land poor, and a lot of the but, a lot of people here in our community would like that. But again, my my guess has no say in this. 
Well, okay. I, and I'd also like to say, and, and I hear prime coastal land said a lot, right? It's 60 acres, and, it, and it, we're surrounded by wetlands. And so for some context, I can't even improve pavement surfaces and expand them to meet FAA regulations completely because of this condition of the land. But I will say, mm -hmm. as a community partner, we, we do hear you. Um, you know, we've had this conversation, you and I in person, you know, on the phone right now, and we're aware of the feeling, um, you know, from from some individuals in the community, you know, and, and we hear you. And what we're trying to do is going, here's a situation we're in, the airport's here to stay, and how, how can we better utilize this airport to serve the community? And like that's what we're really trying to hone in and focus on. And um, that's where this conversation needs to continue. And so um, it's something that we're aware of. It's something that we want to to, I, I don't want to say fix because I'm not sure anything's completely fixable, but I will say it's something they're going to make momentum towards and we're going to strive to do a better job of incorporating the community in this perfect asset. Elaine? Okay, so how is the community, uh, we need social and financial benefit from that area. How are you well, gonna, first step um, is going to be to improve the airport. If we can't improve the airport, we can't get the events there to provide a financial benefit to the region. So. What might you? How might you improve that airport? So first and foremost, we need to improve our parking lot out front. Um, it, it's in an unsafe condition. It's you know completely unraveled pavement. And what we want to do is create a space that's handicap accessible. It's going to be a safe parking lot, um, and we're going to be able to utilize that for farmers markets for the community. We don't know exactly what that looks like. We'll likely go out for an RFP and try to get some proposals in to see what that would look like, but that would be one avenue in which we could utilize that space to benefit the community at large, you know, have a congregation space and be able to provide benefit to the Oceano community. All right, Aileen, thanks for the call. Question on the Stolberg line, any chance that Southwest Airlines will be servicing the airport anytime soon? We do not anticipate Southwest Airlines. Um, they are primarily out of Santa Barbara Airport and are, and are doing fairly well there. And it's just too close of a market for them to come over and, and participate at SBP. So because of their success in Santa Barbara, it's because they're more regional. Kind of, yes. So how, how their air service is set up works for them there. It, for them to set up shop here would be more of a leakage situation. And what that means is we'd be pulling some of those customers that primarily use Southwest and Santa Barbara. And so they'd really be cannibalizing themselves. All right. We'll come back for a final segment with uh, Courtney Johnson, Director of Airports here for the county. We're live. We're local. We're hometown radio. We're in our final segment with Courtney Johnson, Director of Airports for the county. If you want in on the conversation, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Stephen's in Napomo on KVEC. Hi, Stephen. Hi, how are you doing? Well, good. How are you, sir? Good, good. Courtney, I have two questions for you. One, um, SkyWest and Delta bringing that possibly back, because I know that I was there before. And then my second question, low-cost airlines like Frontier or Spirit, are we going to see them service in San Luis? Hi, thanks for your call. So um, let me address Delta first. That would be maybe a Salt Lake service, um, and we are actively working on that all the time. Was that Delta? Yes, that's Delta. They were here, and then they, they left after about a year. They did, and it was right, I think, at that 08, 09 you know, yeah. downturn. And so yeah. we got them and lost them pretty quickly. Um, as for a low-cost carrier, I'm not sure this market necessarily supports that. Um, while, you know, 
ideally it would be perfect for our customers to have that option. We are fairly small um, by way of our terminal and our space. And so it's very difficult to get a bunch of new entrants into this market. We really don't have counter space for them. We don't have storage space. And another issue we have is ground handling. So SkyWest does do some of our ground handling for our American Airlines and Alaska Airlines customers. Um, but that being said, what we will likely do is just expand service with the existing carriers that we have with the few exceptions of occasionally a new one will come in here and do a pop-up service, if you will. And so those ones are ones that we welcome. Um, they don't take up a lot of counter space or have a lot of storage space. But that would be most likely, you know, something for a one-off route. Steven? Okay, got you. Thank you. That's all I have. All right, Steven, thank you. 805 April's in Oceano. Hi, April. Good evening, Dave and Courtney. I have a question. Um, Courtney, you said at the beginning of your interview that you are, in essence, like a land, uh, uh, a property manager, et cetera. And so what I'd like to do is have a discussion about the residence that's on the Oceano Airport property where that airport employee who really works out of the San Luis Airport get to live at that place for 10% of an extremely undervalued market value of around $1,200 a month, and only 10% of that they have to pay. And I'm wondering how that's in the best interest of even the residents of Oceano, who now there's one less house they could live in, and um, there's it doesn't seem to be serving the property the county, the residents, in any way whatsoever, and who, how else can we get such a sweet deal like that? So I'm always going to protect my employees and leave it, I don't want to say vague, but we're not going to disclose every detail of the financial situation. But overall, I would say that the tenancy of that house on the airport is required to maintain and or check on or or be able to respond in an emergency. And so in lieu of a certain payment by way of overtime or on call, this person has the ability to live in this house and be essentially in quotes on call all the time. And they have routine maintenance that they have to do at the airport. And they provide that service by living in that house. And it is county council approved. April. Uh, well, I understand it's county council approved, and just you can hide behind that like you hide behind. Well, it wasn't under my watch. I've only been here three years. But it doesn't seem to be very fair in the bigger picture. Again, that's more asset, more resource for Oceano to lose out on where the company, the county benefits, and the residents lose. That's I, what I noticed. I appreciate your opinion. I think I would say that, you know, safety is our number one priority as an operator of an airport, and the position and the person that lives in that home provides additional safety for that airport, and so that's not something we're going to compromise. April, thank you. Is this, is this a typical day for you? I had no idea you'd be so controversial. You know, I thought we have a nice, pleasant talk about the airport. It depends on the subject. Um, Oceano has been a little bit controversial. It's you know definitely a labor of love on behalf of everyone in, in the county airport system and the supervisors themselves. I think that I would say it's something we care passionately about, um, and it's something we want to improve and, and create a better community partnership, and, and we're on our way there, but it takes a lot of time, and I think that we've breached a lot of trust in the past. I'll say this. I love of the San Luis Obispo Airport. I love the fact that, by and large, I don't have to get on a shuttle anymore <laughs> and drive to Santa Maria, get on the shuttle, go all the way down to LAX, do my flight, and then come home, and then have another four hours trying to get home. 
No, it's incredibly convenient. Um, SBP, you know, really does serve as a gateway. I, I've, you know, made the mistake one time where I told myself I was going to fly out of L.A. because it was a cheaper flight. And the uh, trip nah, cost me twice cheaper. as much nah. between gas and parking. But it's not cheaper. We do love both of our airports. Um, but, yes, SBP does provide, you know, a nice little gateway to the rest of the world without driving, driving to uh, San Francisco or LAX. How is the Spirit of San Luis uh, restaurant doing? They're amazing. So, I mean, I would say record-breaking numbers. Um, they're constantly full. You go in there, there's a waiting list. Um, the customers really enjoy that experience. Um, so they're back. They're back. And Good. Mike and Ellen do an amazing job. I don't think I've had a bad meal there and they're you know ready to serve all the new customers and it's a really fun experience to sit there have a hamburger and watch planes fly so we have uh, our friend downstairs who has a general aviation plane he says he's trying to get I a hold of it. you <laughs> okay yeah what's the easiest way to get a hold of you um i would say my county email com johnson at co.slo.ca.us on the Stolberg line, why aren't you talking about the Paso Airport? You don't do the Paso Airport. I do not have the Paso Airport. Um, that is under Paso City. What do you think of the Paso Airport? Um, I think the Paso Airport has a lot of amazing potential. I would love to have that under the county um, envelope of county airport systems. But um, as it stands, it's with Paso. The county airport system used to um, run that facility. And I think back in like the... Late 80s, early 90s, they sold it um, to the city of Paso. So they're doing a great job running it. They have a lot of good things on the horizon. There's a lot of potential, and they're really taking advantage of it. So wish them the best. All right. Uh, let's take another call. We've got uh, Diane in San Luis. Hi, Diane. Hi. Thank Hi. you very much. I just would like to know uh, what they have um, arranged or what they have in mind for noise mitigation, because we have large communities here on South Hagera, along South Aguera, all the way, you know, around the Prado area and going up and south from there. And I'd like to know what kind of noise mitigation you have. Fair enough. So airport itself, uh, kind of like I explained earlier, and this isn't always the popular answer, we don't um, control airspace. We are only a tenant of the land itself. And so we do have flight patterns in which we try to mitigate some of the noise, um, but there is a noise hotline if you go to slowairport.com. If you do have an issue, we do respond to every single comment given to us, and it is also forwarded to the FAA. So if you do have a comment or you are experiencing an issue, feel free to go on that website and lodge a comment. Well, I've done that years ago, and I got, and it didn't go anywhere. But uh, what I what I was getting at uh, is that if the uh, planes ascend quicker, in other words, if they go up at a steeper angle, that mitigates the noise. Is there anything you can do about that? Um, I can't specifically tell the air carriers how to fly, um, but I who, who can. Uh, the FAA okay, and, and, and their manuals on how to fly such aircraft and their pilot training. So that's not something the airport does, but I, but I do hear you. And we definitely want to be a good community partner and not a nuisance. So um, feel free to reach out. And, and we're always doing our best to, you know, I can't say mitigate these things, but address these things. All right, Diane, thank you. Last text on the Stolberg line. Oh, I hear about this a lot. When will the public transportation bus be more useful with its schedule at the airport uh, versus always pulling away before the plane unloads. So that is a good question. I didn't know that it was pulling away before the plane unloads, but that is something I've that, heard that for years. Supervisor Arnold also brought up, um, you know, creating that partnership and forging that partnership. So it is something that is on my radar to do and call and see how we can, you know, better benefit both of each other and make sure that those schedules align and it'll help our parking situation. Um, 
Oh, do, do county supervisors get free parking? Uh, Come not, on, fess up. Come on. They, <laughs> they do, used to say. get free parking, but they do not get free parking anymore. So it was something that it was a longstanding tradition. They got a parking pass, if you will, and we have mitigated the parking passes. So they are no longer available. Well, Courtney Johnson, thank you. You survived your first interview, and we got through it without hearing from Jeff Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> You might be on the line. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you. I hope you'll come back. Yep. Thank you so much. Off we go. We got news and traffic and weather. And then a conversation with Mark Burns about the commercial real estate situation in the downtown. We're live. We're local. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.